Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We're glad to have you today. I hope you would grab your Bibles and your paper and your pencil and we'll dig into the Word of God. I shared last night on social media something I'll share again this morning. There are 7.2 billion people around that number on the earth today. 120 years ago, not a one of us was there. 120 short years from now, not a one of us will be there. It's a rapid turnover, it's a rapid turnaround, and the billions and billions who've gone before us are either in heaven with the Lord or they're in a place of torment called hell. And I tell you what, right now's the time to get into the Word. Right now's the time to seek the Lord, to learn the truth, to learn to love the truth, and to learn to walk in the truth. And I'm not talking about a church service, I'm talking about getting in the Word of God and learning what it says about our, redemp our redemption plan in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we're here on the 21st day of July 2017. This is our 39th session and we are still in chapter 5 of Ephesians. Having a great time learning the things of the Lord. You know the Lord, he doesn't just happen to throw stuff your way just by chance or by coincidence. The Lord in Proverbs 2 tells us if we will receive his word, that means we've got to be here in his word if we will receive his word and incline our our ear to hear what he's saying and then apply our heart to understanding it actually says incline our ear uh, for the wisdom that we get out of his word and we will apply our heart to receive the understanding and we will cry out for all of that for him above the riches of this world, above our family, above everything else, then you shall find the fear of the Lord and you shall find the understanding you're looking for. It doesn't just happen upon somebody. you got to be looking for it. And that all comes through hearing the gospel and being stirred in your spirit to follow Jesus, to be born again and to follow him. So everybody that's not born again that may be watching, you can be born again today and then you can get into the word and understand what God has told you. If you are born again, then you can just be stirred in your spirit today. Know that it is God's will for you to get into the Word. It's not just for your preacher, your pastor. It's for you to get into the Word. It's for you to study the Word so that you may prove yourself. You may prove yourself unto the God who saved you. Hallelujah. So uh, God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. And so today we're here to find some more of those things God has hidden for us. The Bible says the message of the cross, what Christ did at Calvary, was something that was a mystery. And it was hidden from the, all the ages before us, but revealed through the prophets unto us. And I thank God that we are now learning to walk in the revelation and to acknowledge the truth that is the revelation of Christ and Him crucified so that we can not only be born again but we can live the born again life we can walk in this great victory march that we've been given by Christ and that's something the Lord's been impressing on my heart lately that we're not in a victim's march we're in a victor's march we have everything to praise God and thank God for we're in Christ Jesus we're hidden in God we've been saved we have all the benefits of Calvary there for us to receive every single day of our lives hallelujah and the Bible says in 2nd Corinthians 2 14 if we will let the Lord lead us he will always lead us in triumph so I hope you'll let him lead you to your Bible lead you to open it and lead you to follow along so you can learn to love the Word of God in truth. Hallelujah. Amen. If you only love the Word of God, but it's not loving the truth that's found in the Word of God, then we're, we're off track. For years, I loved to read the Word of God. I loved to put things together with the Word of God. But I did not have that common denominator, the truth. It is the word of the gospel or the word of the truth of the gospel. Hallelujah. If the truth is not there, then it's just a feel-good word. And you need to hear me today. We need to learn the truth that's found in the word. For our truth is a man named Jesus, and he is our treasure. I'm not looking for golden streets. I'm looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. So Ephesians chapter 5, we left off last week, I believe, in verse 23. So we'll back up and read verse 22. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, wives' most popular love scriptures in the Word of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And verse 23 says, there's that three-letter word, F-O-R, which means 
because, so we'll back up and read it again. Now, we're talking today, listen to me carefully, we're talking about the Christian marriage. We're not talking about any worldly anything. The world has no access to the benefits of Calvary until they come into the kingdom through way of faith in the blood of Jesus, the death on the cross of our Christ. Amen? But when you come in now, you have eyes to see, and now you can be taught by the Holy Spirit the Word of God, and your marriage can become what it never was. And it cannot, it's not just a one-time deal. Now our marriage, no, it's a daily thing. It's a, just like the relationship, as we'll see this morning, in the Word of God with Christ and His church. We hadn't received it all yet, but we have become children of God, and He is now daily washing us, sanctifying us with the washing of the Word, praise God. And we're becoming conformed into His image, and our marriages also are growing in unity, growing with love for each other, growing in faith in what God has said. Amen. Because without the Word of God, our marriages, I don't care how good we think they are, all we're doing is comparing with old Joe and Henrietta across the street. We're to take our marriages to Christ and see what Christ thinks about, see what Christ says uh, our marriages ought to be, and we're going to see that today in the Word of God. Praise God. So, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, because... The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Here we see the reason that the Lord has told the wives to be in submission, to be uh, subject to their husbands, is because God has an order. Because your husband is your head. He's your covering. He's, if he's a man of God, and we're talking about Christians. And, and again, we're not talking about just Christians. We're talking about Christians who are living according to the word of God. Uh, listen, lady, you may, you may be uh, the wife of a husband who claims to be a Christian, but he's not submitted to the Lord. He's just going out and doing whatever he wants to. He, he, don't give, he claims he's a Christian, but he, he doesn't have the fruit of being a Christian. So your submission and your subjection to him is going to be limited based on the natural realm of him just being your husband. Because if he's not leading you as the man of God in the order of God, God over Christ and Christ over him, then he can't be over you according to the word. So again, we're talking about Christian husbands and wives. Amen. It's the ones who don't know anything about the word of God who say, bless God, woman, you're supposed to be submitting to me. May I ask you a question today, sir? What do you think it is your wife should be submitting to you concerning? It's a question. I asked my wife that the other day. What is it do you think you're supposed to be submitting to me about? What is it that you are submitting to me for? And she said, after thinking about it for a few seconds, she said, spiritual things, the things of the Lord. Amen. If I'm a husband and I don't really care about the Bible, I claim to be a Christian, but I don't really know what the Bible says, don't really care, and I prove that because I'm not in it. Somebody said amen. Lot, millions and millions of those people today claim to be Christian, don't know what the Bible says because they're not in the Bible. And the devil has them bound, and he's the one in their flesh together is the one keeping them from getting in the Bible, getting in the Word of God. But today can be the day where you say, okay, I'm coming back to the cross. I'm placing my faith in the death of Jesus. And if it's really there, my friend, you will get in the Word of God because it is the book given to give you direction for your life, to raise your children, how to make money, how to love your wife, how, how to submit to your husband, the answer for everything you seek is found in the word of God that will always point you to the redemption plan of God for in Christ comes the answer for everything you're looking for and somebody said hallelujah and amen praise God so it is the Christian husband he's talking to them and it's the Christian wives that submit to the leadership of the husband, but he is also, the reason she submits to his leadership is because, listen carefully, he submitted to Christ. Amen. 
So a lot of times today, wives have no husband. They, they're married, but they have no husband to submit to because he's not submitted in, in, in subjection to Christ. Amen. It doesn't mean you don't have to cook for him. You do if you're married to him. It doesn't mean you don't have to uh, do other things that you are entitled to as a wife and you, sir, as a husband. But until he falls in subjection to Christ, begins to live for, trust Christ, then you, you're just not going to be able to submit to him in spiritual things because he doesn't have one iota about spiritual things. Now, I've watched a lot of women ruin their marriages because they just, they just press their husbands up against the wall and they're just real religious. And the Bible teaches women how to deal with those kind of husbands. Amen. That he should just be able to watch you live for God and be convicted by your living for God. And that should convict him and, and point him toward what will give him that same convicting power of the Holy Spirit, which is faith in Christ and a love for the Lord. Amen. Trying to make points this morning here about what it means to submit, to be in subjection. When Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, the point wasn't you following Paul. The point was you following the one he's following. And this is what the Lord is saying here. For the wife to submit to and follow her husband, it's got to be because he's following Christ. If he's not following, some of you hadn't got a husband or you hadn't got a wife yet because God's still trying to get you lined out. And while he's trying to get you lined out, he's getting somebody else lined out that'll be suitable for you. So if you're looking, don't give up. Hallelujah. It's taking so long because he's just having to get some hard-headed fella or gal ready for you and having to help you with your hard-headedness. I know what I'm talking about. Praise God. But the Bible here is talking about an order. There's order in the kingdom. God, Christ, the husband, the wife, the children, there's an order in everything God does. Now, the world hates that order. The world doesn't like any order. The world thinks they should rob a bank and then be mad at the judge for giving them three years in the pen and claiming the judge is doing this to him, or my mama did it to me. No, we escaped the order of God for a moment, but now in the civil order of God, we're going to pay for it. And if our marriages don't fall into line through faith in the cross of Christ by the husband and the wife, then they will pay for it. There, there's as much divorce in the church as there is the world because the order of God is rejected. There's too much world. There's too much women feminism. There's too much men trying to dominate instead of living for Christ, being the example of, the, of a, a saved, spirit-filled father and husband. So they'll have somebody in the eyes of God worth submitting to and worth following. Amen. They're not going to submit to you, sir. Unless you're submitted to Christ. And hear me, they don't have to. Amen. They don't have to. Now, they got to submit to you in the natural because they're naturally a wife. But in spiritual things, if your faith is not in the cross, if you're not leading them, then they're not going to submit to when you try to quote the word to them and keep them in some legalistic way and, 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 and hoarding God's word over them in, an un, in, in a wrong manner. Bless God, woman, you better get in there and... You know, that's, that's wrong. That's domineering. That's, the Bible says we're to submit one to another. And that only works is if the husband is submitted to Christ. Then he will, and we'll see, love his wife as Christ loved the church, and her be able to be loved by him and her love him enough to be subject to him. Amen. This is just good Bible teaching this morning, and we all need to hear it. Amen. So, because the husband is the head of the wife, that means the authority, and I've explained it, and I've explained it very, very well this morning. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. The husband is to hold the position of the Christian example and authority over his wife as they both submit one to another. He leads by example. He doesn't require his wife to do anything that he wouldn't do as well. We lead by example. 
Watch this. This order is symbolic of Christ's headship over his bride, his church. When created after the likeness of God's image, the man and the woman, we were, we were, like the, we were created after God's image. And note that God, when he went to make woman, and I think I shared this last week, he didn't just get another uh, big pile of dirt and form her also. He reached in man, pulled out a rib, and made the woman because we're one. We're one. So he didn't make a whole nother creation. He took out of his already creation man and made this woman. And because she had to be part of him because we have to fulfill each other. He, she was given him because there was a need for him. And God says it. We'll see it here in just a few minutes. God, I like this, this little note here. I've got this. God used Adam's rib to form Eve to show that they were actually the same created being. Two halves of a whole. The female was not created as a separate being, second to the male. She was formed as part of the initial man in order to be a helper suitable for the male. You get this. She was part of the man. Came out of the man. It was not good for the man to be alone, Genesis 2.18. But together, Adam and Eve were something far stronger and more magnificent than either, either of them could have ever been alone. Adam had to lose a rib, but he gained so much more. And if you'll think about it, when Christ was on the cross in his death, he, the Bible relates death to sleep. We, the, you know, the, the Lord would show up and say, you will sleep, you've go, you're going to sleep with your fathers. Because the Lord refers to death as only asleep. And when Christ actually put Adam to sleep in the garden and pulled out a rib, he made a bride, he made a wife, he, he made what man needed. And on the cross, Jesus... That last Adam, when God put him to death, crucified him for our sins and iniquities, and his side was pierced, and the blood flowed out, and the water flowed out, he gave him a bride. Our faith in Christ and him being pierced for our sins and iniquities, we have now become the bride of Christ. We're not Eve. We're not Adam's Eve. We're no longer even in that family. But now we're the bride of Christ. We, uh, Romans chapter 7 says we're married to Jesus. Hallelujah. But it's through the blood we're married to him. Amen. And it's not that Jesus needed a helpmate. It's that we had a need. Do you know the Bible never talks about God being reconciled to man? But man is reconciled to God. God never runs away from man. Man always runs away from God. God is always after man. But man is not always after God. And God has no need. So, but we became the bride of Christ. We, we were divorced from the law we were bound under in the Adams family. And now we've been born again and we're the bride of Christ. We're married to Jesus. And Romans 7 teaches that so beautifully. Galatians 3.28 says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now that doesn't mean that you're not a woman and I'm not a man. That means in the kingdom the way God sees us is one in Christ Jesus. When God sees the earth today, he sees two families only. He sees those who are in Adam's family, those still bound in the sin they were born in because of the fallen human race, or he sees the new creation. He sees those that are in Christ, those that have been born again, those that are now in the family of God. There's only two families, and the way into the new family, the way into God's family, is through faith in the death of Jesus alone. And I've always got to bring warnings with the messages because most of all who are in pulpits today get it wrong. It's not the cross and something. It's the cross alone. Right. Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus, when he had by himself purged us from our sins, Amen. sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We didn't have any part to play in that except our faith in what happened there. That's it. And when we try to add to that for salvation or add to that today for sanctification, we eliminate ourselves from both. 
If I think I have to do something to make my salvation complete, I'm still not saved. If I think I have to do works to, to find the power of God to live saved, I'll never find the power of God to live saved. Christ provided all things through his death. And if we just give up and let go and surrender to that truth, then that truth could liberate you from all the high-mindedness, all the headiness, all the imaginations, all the high thoughts that are against the knowledge of God, and you could begin to live free. Your marriage could begin to become what God wants it to be. How many of you realize today that anybody sitting in any place, listening to any preacher, not pointing to the cross alone for our faith to be, in, their marriage will never be what it could have been. They're at home bickering and fighting and complaining and murmuring and arguing, arguing, and he wants to be out in the shop more than he wants to be with her. She wants to be with her buddies and shopping more than she wants to be with him. That is not the will of God. You are to be more intimate the more the days go on. I don't care what your natural body says. I don't care what the world says. You are to want to be together more and more because as we'll see in the scriptures, this marriage that we have as Christians is supposed to be symbolic of Christ's relationship with the church and that is becoming more and more closer every day, a little more sweeter every day, hallelujah. We fall in love a little bit more every day with Jesus because we realize a little bit more every day how much he loves us and we're more closer to him than ever before and your marriage, Christian, is supposed to be like that. I know it'll stick out like a sore thumb I know they'll turn their nose up when they see you 75 years old and still holding hands with your husband, but I got news for you. I'm going there today. Hallelujah. I'm going out with my wife today, and I hold her hand. I, when we're watching something on TV, I'll say, come down here and sit by me, and we'll curl up in one little chair. We're too big for that one chair, but we're going to get together. You hear me? Hallelujah. We're going to enjoy each other, and it's going to be more and more because Christ is the head in our house. Hallelujah. He's the head, and when he's the head, yeah, and ain't nothing wrong with being out in the shop, sir. Nothing wrong with going shopping with your lady friends, ma'am. But let me tell you something. If you want to do that more than you want to be with your husband, you got big issues. Your marriage is not what it should be, but it can be. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The cross is the way. The cross of Christ is the answer. Amen. I know families that can't go out and eat unless they invite other couples because they just can't sit there across the table from their spouse. They just can't do it. They, they don't have anything to talk about. They've, they've grown apart. That means Christ is not the head of that marriage. But let me also say something this to those who value their families very greatly, and we all should. Don't put it above obedience to Christ. Don't put it above obedience to Christ. Because it won't be what it should be. And it'll all be a fake. It'll all be a farce. And one day it'll fall apart if Christ truly is not the head. Well, so when Galatians 3.28 talks about there's neither male nor female, uh, he's talking about our position in Christ. Husbands and fathers are men. Mothers and wives are female, women. But in Christ, we're, he, he's telling us that in, in the book of Galatians is because we should respect each other first and foremost, not as a wife, not as a husband, but they're a child of God. They've been bought by the blood. We should respect them, and we will if our faith is in the cross. Why do I keep saying our faith has to be in the cross? Because for the Holy Spirit to work in my life, for me to treat my wife, love my wife, lead my wife, and for her to submit to my leading, submit to me, be together as one in Christ, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's got to do it. You can hear me today and you can say, I'm, all right, I'm just going to start doing this today. I've made up my mind. It won't work. The Holy Spirit has to do it. We have to submit to the word of God by faith with our faith planted in what Christ did at Calvary to give us all things that the word of God says. You can't just read the Bible and say, I'm going to start doing that today. No, you've got you to keep your faith in the cross and the Holy Spirit will work the word of God into our lives. And then we'll be able to be obedient, but it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit we can do anything. And he can't work in my life if my faith is not in the truth. 
Amen. Psalms 33, 4, write it down, go look at it. Romans 8, 2, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Go look at them at Romans 8, 2. Psalms 33, 4, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Go look at them. Go study those scriptures out and you will learn this. That God can't work in your life to make your life what it should be. To give you what you need if your faith is not in the cross. Because the cross of Christ is the truth. That liberates and saves and heals and delivers and, and feels, hallelujah, and makes our marriages what it should be because the Holy Spirit is at work in those who have their faith in the cross, hallelujah. Praise God. So, 1 Peter 3 7, you're going to really love this, gentlemen. We're talking about us loving our wives as Christ loved the church. We're talking about our wives having something worth submitting to. Because listen to me very carefully. When the woman, when the wife is submitted to the husband, the Christian husband, what she's really looking to submit to is Christ in him. It's not just to our husband, it's to the one he's following. Let me say it again. Paul didn't say, follow me. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So the only way that we're going to be able to follow our husbands to be wives is the only way we're going to be, in, to be su subject to our husbands is if he's subject to Christ. Amen. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about living in victory. All that other stuff, that's just your typical worldly marriage. Yes, he works, you work. There's food on the table. You do things married people do. You do this, you go on vacation. But I'm talking about the Bible is talking about growing in Christ. Talking about being a marriage that reflects the love of God in your life. I didn't say this that you love each other that reflects God's love. Amen. Christ's love for the church, as we'll see. So it's 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 very dangerous. And we're gonna see here that God looks at the husband. First Peter 3 7. We're gonna see it in the Word of God today that God looks at the husband to see if the husband, if his faith is right. And what I mean by that, if the husband's faith is in the cross, then the Holy Spirit will put him in the word, give him the truth, teach him to love the truth and to walk in the truth, and then the woman will be able to be submitted to Christ in her husband, and the man's prayer will not be hindered. But we're going to see in the word of God. Everybody say, in the word, in the word. We, will we will see. God will turn a deaf ear to me if I don't treat my wife right. Well, I just don't believe that, brother. I said at the beginning of the broadcast, get your Bible. Because a lot of things God's true ministers are saying today, the church, of they, they're not in the Word, so they just say, oh, I ain't never heard that, I don't believe that, and they turn it off, and they go find them a preacher that'll preach their fleshly desires. Listen, the preachers that I know and associate with, they do not corrupt the Word of God. They preach the Word of God. They teach the Word of God. They don't twist it to suit our fleshly desires. We preach what it, He is so that our fleshly desires can go out the window. Hallelujah. So watch this, 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them. Talking about your wives according to knowledge. He's talking about the knowledge of God here. The knowledge of the redemption plan here. Because Peter also wrote, grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on, we'll explain it. God's grace is God at work in your life. So if we're growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that means faith in what he did at Calvary, and it has to be that so that God's grace can come in. What does that mean? God can begin to work in our lives. Amen. So God gives us knowledge, but then we must apply faith to the knowledge that comes from his word we're receiving. And when we do, through faith in the cross, then 
God begins to, what we've called for years, pour grace out on you. But in all reality, what's really happening is God begins to do what needs to be done in me and through me for me, for my marriage, for my children, because I'm the head. So watch. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. See, we dwell with our wives according to this knowledge we've been given by God. Not just by what we think, not just by what everybody else is doing. We dwell, we abide with our wives according to knowledge. When God says knowledge, he means light. In the Bible, knowledge is related to light. Ignorance is related to darkness. So if we want our marriages, ourselves, our wives, our children to be able to become who God wants us to be and reflect Him, then we've got to get in the Word because there's where the knowledge of God comes from. Amen, Brother Donnie. Glory to God. All the knowledge of God is wrapped up in Christ in what He did at Calvary. It'll all come through that or it won't come to us. So likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Honor her as unto the weaker vessel. Amen. I ain't letting my wife pick up something heavy. I'm going to say, don't do that. I'm here. Amen. Not weaker spiritually. Weaker naturally. Weaker. She, women can't do what we can. Someone says, bless God, I can do anything you can, sir. And I know there's women out there that can beat me down to a pup. Because I've seen them come walking by with more hair on their legs than I got and a dip in their lip. I was like, good Lord. And I'm not being ugly. I'm just telling you, there's some women, there's some pretty women that can beat a man down. Somebody said amen. But just because you can whoop a man don't mean you ain't supposed to be subject to your own husband. Amen. I've seen some women, people griping, talking about them. I said, you better let her alone. I'll tell you that right now. Sound like you're all knotted up and tied up about something, but that woman there yanked that knot right out of you, son. You better, you better straighten up. Y'all know some women like that. But we live in an age where, and I, and I hate, ever since we fell into sin, God put the woman in subjection to the man. It, wasn't, it didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. And in the kingdom, it's not that way. But in the natural realm, it's that way. Amen. And, re, and, and even though there's order in the marriage, the Bible says there's neither male nor female. In Christ... But, but we, although we're in Christ, we're to treat each other in Christ with love and mercy and grace and respect and honor for each other, but also there's an order. Amen. There's an order that we have to go by, and it's in the Word of God. So let's try to get through this verse here. Y'all keep holding me up. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together. We're heirs together. The same thing I'm getting when I get to heaven, my wife is getting, man. We're getting rewards because we're submitted to, to God in Christ, and I'm... A, trying to submit to his leadership and she's trying to submit to my leadership and can I say it one, listen God is perfect Christ is perfect once it gets to us we got issues but if we'll keep looking unto him we'll keep advancing we'll keep being blessed we'll keep growing it's when we start making excuses as to why we can't become who we're supposed to be that we're really not looking at Christ. When you're looking at Christ, there won't be any excuses as to why you can't. When you look at Christ, the testimony will come, we can do all things through Christ. Our marriage can become what Christ died to make it. Praise God. He says, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. 
the grace of life. What God did in Christ at Calvary to give us life. What God will do in our lives today if our faith stays in what God did in Christ to give us life. So that we can now experience that grace in life. That means what God is doing to bring us life today. We need to learn as a church how to lay hold, how to possess with experience this, call, this thing called eternal life. What our marriages need is life. It's the life of Christ. It's not just a, an energizing something. It's the life of Christ we need in our marriages. Because when the Bible says we're heirs, we're heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. And to experience what is ours as heirs, it takes Christ showing and providing those things to us today by His Spirit. So watch this. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now that, that, that's a verse you don't even hear much talked about in the Bible. Because we think God's just going to hear us no matter what we're doing, no matter how we're living. And here's a Bible verse that just knocks that thought in the dirt. Our prayers, men, can be hindered if we're not submitted to Christ. Because not being submitted to Christ properly, which means our faith in the cross, and listen to me, some of you listening today, you think that just means some verbal expression. It does not. It means your faith from your heart, the deepest part of who you are, believes Christ died for you and that you died with him. And today you've been given resurrection life to be able to live in obedience according to the word of God. For only through our obedience can his obedience be seen through us. Christians who are avoiding what God's word says, there can be no reflection of Christ. The reflection of Christ in our lives is as we're seen loving each other, which is an obedient act of God's word. But we can't love each other like we should without faith in the cross. Because the only way we can love each other properly is with the help of the Lord. That means by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the world, when the world sees us having love one to another, then they'll know that we are Christ's disciples. But Jesus taught you can't be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow me. That means we must keep our faith in the death of Jesus, not in our words, not in our heads, but in our hearts where we submit by faith. To what Jesus did at Calvary. And the result of that is a hunger for the word. And a hunger and a stronger by day desire. To live according to the word of God. Not to become some legalistic something. And, and scared of God. But to love God. And desire to please God. And he's only pleased by faith. And Hebrews 11.6 says that faith only comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. I'm sorry Romans 10.17. It's impossible to please God without faith, Hebrews eleven six. It's impossible. He can't be pleased without faith. When he's not pleased, our prayers are hindered. Somebody said amen. He's not pleased with a Christian husband who won't be submitted to his leadership through faith in the cross so he can guide you. He's not pleased. He's grieved with that. And if the Holy Spirit's grieved about me and the way I'm treating my wife, then right here in your Bible says our prayers can be hindered doesn't matter how much you beg God doesn't matter how much you want God to do something he'll do it through your submission to him that only comes through your faith in the cross doesn't come any other way submission humility being subject to Christ the wife being subject to her husband oh it all comes through faith in the cross the the cross of Christ is the humble place. It's the place of submission. Because it's the place Christ submitted and was humbled even unto death. It's the only place we can go and God honor our faith. And then empower us to be husbands to our wives that we should. Subject to our husbands as we should. Because in that process, make no mistake about it, only in that process can our children be trained up in the way they should go. We need to hear that today. What's wrong with my kids is what's wrong with us. 
not our kids. Every time you look at a child doing something good or doing something bad, your mind goes straight to who their parents are. Years ago, I said something in a service down from the pulpit on the floor walking around near the chairs, and I said, if the devil gets your children, he's coming right through you to get it, Mom and Daddy. And a woman, an elder in the church, growled with a snarl and a face to go with it on the front row at me because her children were living like the devil. And she thought she just didn't have any part to play in that. Sorry to inform you. There's an order. God, Christ, the husband, the wife. If all that is in order, your children will be trained up under that order. And they will not depart that truth that your faith has been in. Oh, they'll depart church and they'll depart everything you've taught them they should and shouldn't do. But God says they won't depart from that way you've trained them up in. It's kind of quiet in here and I know it is all over the world who's listening to this today because it's not just our children. Because our children aren't going to listen to what we say. They're going to listen to what we do. Our lives, actions are a testimony louder than our words. Words mean nothing. If our actions don't follow. Children watch husbands love their wives. And they're able to love their wives someday. Or they watch daddies beat and mistreat their wives. And, and, and treat them horribly. And they grow up and they do the same. Even though they swear they never will. That's ingrained in them. Because that's the order that's been established in their hearts. And until they're born again by the blood of Jesus. Until they come into this order that God has prescribed for the family, then they'll never be able to have anything more than what they had growing up watching. I swear I'll never be a drunk like him. I swear I'll never treat my wife like he treated my mother. And yet they go, they just roll right into it. Because it's a snare greater than man has the power to deliver himself from. Only the cross of Christ can get you out of that family traditional mess that's been lineage, uh, 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 what is it, uh, generation after generation. You can be free today from all of that. But it's only as you find your faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. You don't have to be a drunk like daddy. You don't have to be a wife beater or a financial abuser over the house. Spending money on alcohol rather than supporting your children and your wife. You don't have to continue in that. That can be broken today. Imagine being the one that came to Christ and broke that after 500 years. And your family from that point on would be raised up. Faith in Christ in this order that God delivers to his church that they can walk in victory and watch their children and grandchildren and their children's grandchildren's grandchildren grow in victory and trust Christ. All because today you made a decision. All because you made a decision to step into this order of God called grace. Faith in Christ Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Not talking about being uh, uh, submitted to a local church. That'll come, hallelujah, if you're born again. But I'm talking about being submitted to Christ. First before a preacher. First before a husband. First before a wife. Christ is head of all. Hallelujah. So in this one verse here we see that the husband's prayer can be hindered. Hmm. Ephesians 5, 24, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Here's the confirmation of what I just said. As the church is subject unto Christ, as that father, that husband is subject to Christ, then the wives can be subject to their own husbands in everything. Hallelujah. Now, if you, if you think you married the wrong fella, that might have been the case. He might not have been the one, but when you married him, he's the right one now. Because he's the one you got. And, and if you're a Christian woman listening to me today and your husband, he's not leading right. And I'm not talking about what you think's right. I'm talking about according to the Word of God. A lot of women say, bless God, my husband just ain't leading me right. And, it's, and a lot of times, he's, do, he's trying, but she wants to be the head. Oh, do I know lots of them. 
Listen, honey, you ain't the head of that family. And until you give that up, it'll never work. Amen. Therefore, as Christ, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands. That's, pretty, that's just pretty straightforward, isn't it? Watch this, Ephesians 5.25. Now watch how the Lord, through Paul, brings the cross into this. It has to be a part of it because he's already told us that the preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. Today, every saint across the world needs the power of God today to live for God. It does not just happen. So that means our faith must be in what Christ did at Calvary. And then we'll be able to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit who will perform everything that we need. Amen. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Many times the wife says, Husband, do you love me? Well, you know I love you. Why do you ask me that? You know I love you. Can I tell you, if his love is not for Christ and Christ's leadership in his life, he only has a worldly, emotional, feelings, whatever you want to call it, even though the world has its own love. It's not the love of God. When our faith is in Christ and what he did at Calvary, the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5, tells us that he sheds his love abroad in our hearts. The love that I love my wife with is the love he put in me to love her with. Well, what do, what do you mean by that? How did God just shed his love in us? Listen very carefully to me this morning. The love of God is not a poof. He just give you some love. God is love. A couple of scriptures in 1 John tell us God is love. And when we put our faith in Christ and what he did about our sin problem on the cross, God himself moved in us. You see, he is love. And when the Bible tells me to love my wife here, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, here I'm being told to love my wife with the love that God loved me with and proved it by what he did in his son on the cross. See, he brings the cross in it. I can't love my wife correctly unless it's with the love of God that only functions in my life if God is allowed to function in my life. God the Holy Spirit, God himself living in me, the love shed abroad in my heart can go forth toward my wife if my faith remains in the cross. Because that is the truth that got me in the kingdom. It's the truth that allows everything in the kingdom to work in my life. Because God only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4. All God's works, that means me loving my wife, according to Christ loving me, is a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who is God? For God to be able to love my wife through me, by me, means my faith has to be in the truth, which is a man named Jesus and what he did on the cross. Without that second part, he is nothing to no one. He was the truth, the way, and the life before the cross. But he became those things to us through the cross. Amen. So let me say it again. Most do not like this statement. But if your faith is in anything other than the cross alone, you can't love your wife like you need to. Your marriage cannot be what it's supposed to be. Your children will only grow up and be like you, not like Christ. Amen. This is great teaching today. It's a trap that enemies had the church in for so long, thinking if we'll just drag them to church for the first 20 years of their life, then that'll just be something they stay with. Not true. Almost all 20-year-olds can't wait to stop going to church because there's been no power there. 
There's just been clicks, and there's just been a, a, the, this people sit over here, this people sit over there, this people, all, the, all these clicks. Let me tell you something. When faith is in the cross, the clicks are out the window. We're all one in Christ. We're learning to, it's not that we don't still have problems. It's not that we don't still have issues, because we all do. But we're learning to trust in Jesus. Not in words, but in faith. Hallelujah. Watch this. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Man, we're to love our wives to the point of whatever. The, the prophet, I believe it was Hosea, in the Old Testament, God told him to even marry, what was her name? Gomer. As symbolic of a love for God even to an unfaithful people. Now that's a hard saying right there. Imagine being the prophet Hosea. Well, there's no way, God, I'm marrying her. You see what she is. But if we'll love our wives, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm not talking about wives go out and do anything, husbands go out and do anything, bless God, they got to love me anyway. We're Christian. That is, the, that's sin. And that's the abuse of God's word. And the wrath of God is against all who are in that boat. Amen. I said the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all those who hold God's word, God's truth in an unrighteous manner, who use it wrongly. Amen. Well, God loves me, bless God. I ain't got to get it all right. No, don't be using God's love for an excuse. It's God's love that brings you. It's, it's, it's your, it, man, the faith God's offering you works by that love. And if you're really, if your faith is in what God did to love you, then you're going to find an act of obedience. Hallelujah. You're not going to find excuses as to why you're not living by faith according to the word of God. Those people, the wrath of God's being revealed from heaven against them. They're holding God's word, talking about God's love while they're out there in sin. That don't fly with God. Don't you know on the, when Noah was building that ark, I can just hear those thousands or millions out there saying, what are you talking about, Junior. Well, you don't be listening to that old man. God loves us too. He loves everybody. He's not going to wipe an entire earth of people and animals out. God loves us. I got news for you this morning. God loved everybody right into hell. All the way. But it didn't stop them from going to hell. God's love for you, God's love for you won't stop your life from being miserable. You can stay in disobedience and keep saying God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. But the experience of that love, not the verbal confession, but the experience of that love is faith in the word of God. Because faith works by love. Hallelujah, Galatians 5, 6. Man, I'm just teaching Better than your shouting this morning. But watch the reason that husbands should love their wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. It's that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now he's relating now the love of Christ toward us to the point of being obedient unto death on the cross for us so that he might sanctify us by the washing, what does it say, of, of water by the word so that now we're saved by grace and we're being washed daily by the washing of the water of the word. We're walking by faith. Hallelujah. We're walking in the truth, learning to love the truth, and we're walking in sanctification, and he's relating this to marriages. That through his order, our marriages can be sanctified. Washed by the water of the word every day. Not me, every time my wife or I do something wrong, they say, well, you know, you're supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be doing that. Oh, some marriages are just eat up with legalism. If you're a Christian, you're doing something wrong. There's something, that, something I do or say that's wrong. My wife's not going to jump on me immediately. She's going to give me time to get that right with God. Now, you can count on after about two days, after about three days. She's going to say, now, hold on here. And I'm going to do the same thing, hold on here. What's that? What is that? You have a right to do that because we love each other. 
But I know people that hound each other from the time the sun comes up till the time the sun goes down, and you know, all day long, it's just a legalistic thing. Think we just got to correct every wrong step, every wrong word. We are the correctors, bless God. <laughs> no, we're not. We're the encouragers. We're the edifiers. We're the exhorters of God's people unto good works. Amen. Watch this. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Amen. That's what's happening now. We're being cleansed daily. Remember when Jesus washed the disciples' feet? He told them, he said, you've been made clean. I've made you clean. But now, your walk, it's got to be made clean. It's your walk through this life. We get our feet dirty. Can I get a witness? It's called sanctification. We're washed daily by the Word of God. We live by faith. We stagger around. We trip up. Occasionally we hit our head over here. I say something to my wife wrong. She don't submit right or something according to the Word. She goes off on a tangent or whatever. God forbid. But we come back to faith in what God has said. And we can do that. I said we can do that if our faith remains in the cross alone. See, our faith is not just in what God has said concerning how we act. Above all things, our faith must be in the cross, the death of Jesus. It got quiet in here. The Bible teaches this. For it is ultimately, our faith is in the Word of God because the Word of God tells us if our faith is not in the cross, then we've fallen from grace. And grace has come to us through the understanding of what God has said. So our faith will always be in what God has said, but what God has said is always concerning what Christ did, even to the point so we today can have victory and power. Amen. Watch verse 27. Let me read a note here before we get there. Got about three minutes left. For the marriage to experience the sanctifying growth and remain clean before the Lord. There must be a washing of the water by the word, which means they are trusting the Lord by faith in the light of his word concerning what Christ has provided on the cross for them. Did you get that? Trusting the Lord by faith in the light of his word concerning what Christ has provided on the cross for them. If you're looking for this marriage, the Bible says you should have, and you get your instructions for how it will work for the Holy Spirit to be able to work these instructions into your life, your faith must be in the cross. He can't do it without that. In the Old Covenant, Moses would read the law, and then the Bible said they would sprinkle the blood on the law and the people. See, without the blood, there's no impartation of the truth into our lives because God only works in the truth. And the blood is what confirms our belief in the truth. The blood is the only thing that offers us the truth. Who is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. I know you're getting this this morning. So it's not just opening your Bible and saying, okay, I see what I got to do. You'll never be able to do it. Because only under grace can we carry out the plan of God for our lives. And Paul wrote to the church in Galatia and said, Christ won't profit you, can't even affect you at all. Because you've fallen from grace. You're running out here now and you think you've got to do something instead of keep believing what you believe to get you in. Most preachers don't have a clue what I'm talking about today. They hear it and they refuse to preach it because they will not accept it. They think there's a work. Talked to a woman last week that told me, even after I corrected her on her saying that you can't be, uh, have more than one wife. You can't be a preacher because the Bible says you can't have but one wife. I said, well, that, that's not talking about ever having been divorced. That's talking about the custom of those days. Men had several wives, and today it's talking, it, that's what it's referring to. You know, and somebody told me years ago, Curtis, you can't ever be a preacher because the Bible says you can't have but one wife. I said, well, I ain't got but one wife. 
And when they try to use it in the wrong context, I have to put the word out there for them to understand the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. What he's called you to, he's not changed his mind about it. And the blood says everything was washed away, hallelujah. All things are gone and everything's made new. That means you and everything ahead of you. So when God, uh, not God, but when somebody points to your past and tells you your marriage can't be what it should be because of something back there, they're lying and the devil's influencing them to do it. And we don't listen to them people. We listen to the word of God and therefore faith will come. And when faith comes, faith overcomes. Hallelujah. Well, we're about out of time. It's so good you just want to keep going all day, but we can't. But I wish we could. So you'll have to tune in here same time. Three weeks from today, we won't be here the next two weeks. We've got out-of-town ministry and youth camp coming up, so be with us. Uh, I believe it's uh, whenever that is, the next two weeks we won't be here. So I'll miss you for a couple weeks, so return. Don't forget to share this message today. Hit the share button on Facebook. If you're hearing it any other way, find some way to share it. The church needs to hear the truth. We love you, God bless you, and we'll see you in three weeks. Praise God.